Morning Drive with Goodman and Hurdle, presented by Silterhar Mazda. A no-pressure buying experience in Broomfield at Silterhar Mazda. Live from the Sasquatch Casino and Wildcard Casino Sports Desk, here's Eric and Bruce. And good morning, everybody. We've been going since 7 o'clock this morning. We are still ready to go. Are you ready to go? If you are just tuning in, Morning Drive, Goodman Hurdle. You can reach us on the Rocky Mountain Forest Products Twitter feed at Bruce Hurdle, at Eric Goodman. If you're looking for wholesale lumber to the public, go to rmfp.com. Time now for the lead. The lead is presented by Smoke and Dave's Barbecue and Brew, Colorado's best barbecue since 2007. Get some tonight in Denver, Longmont, Lions, and Estes Park. ESPN NFL analyst Dan Orlovsky went on the Pat McAfee show yesterday and said the Broncos are his pick to win the division. I don't think Russ has ever had the situation offensively that he has in Denver where elite scheme and play calling, and that's this offense that comes from Kyle Shanahan, Mike Shanahan, Gary Kubiak, Mike, you know, with Nathaniel Hackett, and he's, Nathaniel Hackett, at least in Green Bay, seems to seem to have been a great play caller, you know, when, when he had the opportunities to do that, matched with really high-end talent. I think the skill position people in Denver are really talented. So I don't think Russ has ever had those two together. He's had you know, some really high-end skill in in Seattle, but I don't think he's ever had this, the, the scheme to match it at the same time. I, I think the reason why I say Denver and I have is I think they're the one offense in the division that – can do whatever is necessary offensively. You know, when a defense is going to come out and say, we are going to force you to run the ball 40 times to beat us, and we're not going to give you any shots over the top and give you the chance to throw the deep ball, I think they're the one team schematically that is willing and capable of calling and and doing it that way. I don't think the Chargers have proven that. I know the Chiefs haven't proven that, um, and the Raiders haven't. I think that he likes the Broncos, has – from the get-go, as soon as they acquired Russell Wilson, the Broncos became a pet of Dan Orlovsky. He's been a consistent voice in support of what Nathaniel Hackett and the Broncos are doing. I do not disagree with his last statement about being the most flexible within the offense to take what the defense gives them. I do think the Broncos are well-suited to do that, and I think they have the disposition to do that because I think that um, Nathaniel Hackett is not a guy that is bent on fitting a square peg into a round hole. He seems more refined and more willing to be adaptive. I never thought of it the way... Arlovsky articulated it, and this is what I mean. The Broncos have a terrific potential passing game. Yep. They also have the best four-minute offense at the end of a game to grind the clock. I don't believe there is a team in football, in football, that has a better setup. Now, you could make the case that Austin Eckler is a better all-around back than Javante Williams. That would be fair because he runs the ball well and also he catches the ball incredibly well and picks up a lot of yards. But you don't want Austin Eckler in there to grind clock. That's not who he is. Javante Williams is. So if eventually we get to December and potentially January, cold weather, road game, snowy, the Broncos are set up to do that. 
and I don't think there is a team in the league that is better set up than the Broncos. I'm not being a homer. I'm just looking at the personnel. The only team, and this is, and I really feel I got to be careful here because I sound like a homer, and that bothers me. But well, I, would, you're not a homer. But and I, neither am I. But We're I would just agree with you. Facts. I would agree with you. I think that there is one team that I might compare. Yeah. And that would be the Indianapolis Colts. I think. If you believe in Matt Ryan. If you believe in Matt Ryan. But I believe in, but but here's the thing, and that's the question. Yeah. If you believe in Matt Ryan yes. at his age, do you say if you believe in Russell Wilson? No. No. Okay. No. Do you, do you say if you believe in Jonathan Taylor? No. no. Do you say if you believe in Javante Williams? No. 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 So they so, are better set up. I, yeah, they are. Um, I think when you take into account quarterback room, running back room, put them together. Now, I will say this. The Colts have a better offensive line. and they've There's got, no question. And, and Quentin Nelson is yep, as good a road grader as there is in the National Football League right now. Um, they will have that capacity. Is it better? I don't want that's that. Now we're getting into degrees of the argument. There is no team set up better in those situations than the Broncos. I agree. There's only 12 teams that even outrushed them in the league last year. Yep. I mean, you know, and that was with a really, I thought, poor offensive scheme for the personnel that they had. Right. So now. I think you've got a good scheme for the personnel that you have. I think it accentuates their accentuates their ability, and I think that they will run the football. And I think they will run the football to set up the pass and to do all the things in play action that makes Russ such a vital and wonderful talent. Give me one thing that has to happen, one thing that has to happen for the Broncos to have the most balanced offense in the league and I'm leaning more towards four minute offense grinding the clock what's one thing that has to happen well for, they, for, for them to for lack of a better phrase walk up on stage and claim that trophy the outside zone has got to work bingo period bingo that's it, it all comes down to that because these guys need to work in unison period. and if one guy is off a play is going to get blown up. Just look at what happened in the game against the Dallas Cowboys. Right. One guy was not patient enough. He went upfield too fast, and boom, a guy darted right behind him, and Mike Boone was hit in the backfield. If these guys can figure out the zone blocking scheme pretty well and work well together, I talked to a friend of mine who played in the zone blocking scheme. He's as good of an analyst on the zone blocking scheme as you can get. And he said to me, a lot of people look at zone blocking as a finesse type of offense. He said it's the furthest thing from it. And I said to him, is it more like a power dance? He said that's exactly what it is. Mm. You need to be powerful, but you need to be smart. And timing is everything. Because you need to be able to time it when you're blocking. In the zone blocking scheme, everybody on the offensive line has their own lane for lack of a better phrase. But then eventually, you're going to turn it up into the second level. It's the timing of turning it into the second level that makes it a beautiful art form. But if you're just a hair off on turning it upfield, 
the term is climbing. If you're climbing too soon, you get blown up. Yeah, absolutely. Hey, we've seen it here before. Mike Shanahan ran pretty good stuff outside zone. Terrell Davis arguably got to the Hall of Fame running it. So it can be done. It can be done successfully. It is being done successfully in this league. In fact, I think there's a. I think it's trending in this league to some degree. Um, and I think, I really do think the Broncos have the personnel to do this well. Are they there yet? No, probably not. But there are times when we're watching practice and they'll have guys out there at the next level and you'll see one of those guys, Melvin, or you'll see Javante, and all of a sudden, boom, they're cutting it up, and it looks pretty darn good. When it looks good and is going well, it's a tough, tough thing to counteract. And then you add in the passing component that Russell Wilson can bring to the table. It, it can be a really productive offense. How many teams, and I'm sure there are more than a few, I think by most people's estimations, Javante Williams is a top 10 back in this league. Yes. Is that fair to say? I, I agree. Okay. Not being a homer. No. Just asking. No, I think that that's, I think that's right on target. Okay. Right on target. Is there a better backup in the league than Melvin no. Gordon? Not that I know of. How do you like that running back? Well, right. Because Melvin Gordon could be starting on a lot of teams. I mean, those guys, they ran for over 1,800 yards collectively last right. year. Right. So it's, Ran for. So it's all about a new scheme. If those guys can work together like an orchestra... Watch out. They be fun. Are, and you know what? I, I think I, people people nationally are not sleeping on the Broncos defense because they don't see the Broncos defense in practice every day like we do. I think they're going to surprise a lot of people. And that's with a, having been pretty darn good yep. over the last few years. Everyone nationally understands well, Denver's got the defense. Right. They just haven't had the quarterback. That's kind of been the running narrative on the Broncos. But we talked about underrated yesterday. Nationally, that Broncos defense might be underrated. I'm going to make a prediction right now. Right now. Go. At this time next year, Idro Evero will be a head coach someplace. Hmm. Next year. Hmm. Boom. He's well, gone. he's he's a he's going to be a one year guy here. Then, then what that, you're saying is the Broncos will be without question a top five defense. They'll be a top ten, I believe. Okay, for sure. I mean, we got to see what happens with the injuries. But we talk about minority hiring. Okay, we talk about a guy who uh, has tremendous experience with a lot of different systems. Very likable guy, smart guy. He would be a perfect head coaching candidate. And here's the thing. He has learned under Vic Fangio. He has learned under Wade Phillips. He has learned under some of the best. And we look at how great Fangio's defense is. How dangerous can a defense be when you have a guy who has evolved like an Evero who can take all of those concepts and meld them into something potentially even better? Kind of like Nathaniel Hackett with his background. He has a lot of different systems, and he is evolving stuff like Sean McVay evolved like Kyle Shanahan has evolved, like Matt LaFleur has evolved. You have two guys, both sides of the ball. But one guy is going to be here, I believe, for a very long time. I think time. so, too. His defensive coordinator will be here for less than one year. Okay. I'm not going to say it with the type of certainty that you are, although I will say this. 
If you're asking me to bet, I would bet on them being a top 10 defense. Okay, if they're a top 10 defense, are you betting on Evero being the defensive coordinator? I think that he certainly is interviewing at that point. There's no question. Not even a question. Coming up after the break, our Broncos insider Cody Rourke joins us next. Morning Drive with Goodman and Hurdle, presented by Silterhar Mazda. A no-pressure buying experience in Broomfield at Silterhar Mazda. Find them at sthmazda.com. Live from the Sasquatch Casino and Wildcard Casino Sports Desk, here's Eric and Bruce. Welcome back. Morning Drive, Goodman Hurdle. You can watch us, mylifesports.com. You can reach us on the Rocky Mountain Forest Products Twitter feed, at Bruce Hurdle, at Eric Goodman. If you're looking to do a project this summer, whether you're looking to build a deck or a fence, maybe you need some wood for siding, you want to go with Rocky Mountain Forest Products for two big reasons. One, they work directly with the lumber mills. They get their pick of the litter, they get the best stuff, and then, oh, by the way, they're going to sell it to you wholesale. You go to the big box stores, they get the scraps. Their wood is fine. You want the best wood out there, you go with Rocky Mountain Forest Products. No, by the way, again, it is wholesale. Go to rmfp.com. Time now for the buzz. The buzz is presented by Mighty Plumbing and Heating. Why does Mighty Plumbing and Heating have over 600 five-star reviews? No one has better service, and they will meet or beat any written offer. Go to mightyph.com. Let's go out to the hotline, bringing Cody Rourke, our Broncos insider. You can catch all of his work on milehighsports.com. You can also catch him every afternoon with Anilo Piro. It is afternoon drive with uh, Cody and Anilo from 4 to 6 every day. How are you, my friend? Uh, you know what? I'm enjoying this beautiful morning, taking the dog on a walk and getting to talk Broncos football with you guys. So nice. I'm doing pretty good here. Well, being up this early, did you find a way to get another tattoo? <laughs> no, not today. Okay, just I had a dream about it though. I did, did you? have a dream about getting a tattoo. I will be honest with that. Yeah. Are, are you still considering putting my initials uh maybe on your ankle if I pay for it? Absolutely not. All right. <laughs> what can I do to can, What can I do to get you into this tattoo today? Uh $1000 a month. We'll call it good for the rest of my life. Wow. They're clearly not paying you enough here if you need that type of money. But I digress. If the Broncos win a, win the Super Bowl this year, I will get a Let's Ride tattoo. You heard it here first. Oh, Let's geez. Ride. Is that oh. is that true? Are you going to do nice. that? Are you going to? I tell you what. I tell you what. I will give you five thousand dollars, and I am saying this on air right now. I will give you five grand. You could have it in a cash cashier's check. Food stamps, that's the way I usually pay off people. <laughs> if you get a Let's Ride tattoo and you put it on your forehead. Oh, no. Yeah, sorry. That's not even enough for that. <laughs> All right. Hey, listen, I, I wanted to throw it out there. I figured if I throw out a line, maybe you'll bite. I digress. Broncos and the uh, Bills tomorrow in Orchard Park. It's going to be an 11 o'clock kickoff locally here. Um, it's going to be Josh Allen and a bunch of the starters against the Broncos second teamers. Do you think we could potentially see a Terrell Davis type of moment where one guy balls out 
and it makes the coaching staff think we might need to start this guy? Uh, you know, it's certainly possible. Uh, it's going to be very hard to figure out what that may be because, in my opinion, the one guy that we'd be looking at, or like two guys would be Brandon Johnson or Jalen Virgil, undrafted guys, right? Uh, we've already seen a lot of that from Brandon Johnson, though. Brandon Johnson's been making plays consistently all throughout training camp. So I don't know if it could be Johnson. That's a great question. I'll give you, I'll give you a guy because uh, Bruce and I talked about it in the first segment. What about Joe Schobert? What if he defect flex a pass, sacks, um, sacks, Josh Allen has a whole bunch of tackles. Does it make the coaching staff think, even if Griffith comes back, maybe Schobert should be our guy? Uh, I don't think so. I don't. I honestly don't think he's going to be on the active roster. To be honest with you. Okay. Wow. All right. That's that's a good one. All right. Let Let's pump the brakes for a second, uh, Code, and talk a little bit about. Code. Yeah. Are you guys like good friends? We're now boys you have, now. Now you have nicknames. Yeah. What's up, Code? What's up, BH? Well, you're asking him. You're you're asking him to put you know let's ride on his forehead. He said he was going to do let's ride anyway. Yeah. Well. Okay. Uh, Cody, let's talk about pumping the brakes a little bit. We're all excited. Um, not in terms of you know wins and things of that nature, but to have a competitive, relevant football team to follow and to watch evolve during the season. What do we need to pump the brakes on a little bit right now in Broncos country? Give us a little bit of a a cautionary tale that maybe we're out in front of way too enthusiastically right now. Uh, You know, I would say the biggest thing would be kind of monitoring that the offense, I think everyone's expecting the offense to explode, but I think the reality of the situation is it's a new system. It's a brand. You've got a bunch of guys together that are playing for the first time together. I wouldn't be surprised if the Broncos offense gets off to a slow start. Now, is that the end of the world? No, because the Broncos offense, I mean, they got off to a slow start in the Peyton Manning era. I mean, mm-hmm. we just, I think we forget that they were a 24 nothing halftime deficit away from starting off, I believe, 2-4 and four on the season. So, for me, it's the offense may take a little bit more time to get going than the defense does, and I think that everyone's expecting the offense to come out and explode right away. If it happens... I wouldn't be shocked, but if it doesn't happen, I'm not going to be shocked either. We are talking with Cody Rourke, our Broncos insider. You can catch his work at milehighsports.com. Of course, you can also catch him afternoons now with Anil Apiro, 4 to 6 on Mile High Sports Radio. Bruce, uh, would you be willing to go in five grand with me to make it an even 10 for Let's Ride on Cody's forehead? <laughs> no, I'm not going to. No, no, no right. I'm not going to. Danny, do that. you want to jump in on that? I don't have that kind of money, Eric. Okay. <laughs> I would have to have a really good season betting the NFL to do that. Good luck to you, then. We're all rooting for you. All right, Cody, let's talk about uh, Russell Wilson, his development. How does he continue to develop and evolve without live reps? I think that we're all getting into this, okay, I get the jog through every three days. We're into this mentality. We see kind of maybe some of the dividends starting to be paid from it. But how, then... Does Russell Wilson get enough at-speed reps to be ready for opening night? Well, that's a great question because, you know, I, I think we were all thinking the same thing before a joint training camp practices with the Cowboys. And when that happened, I mean, Russ and the offense, they looked really good against that Cowboys defense. Now, granted, Michael Parsons is still 
performing pretty well, had, had himself a good day, but it didn't really impact what the Broncos were trying to do offensively. So I'd say that's one thing that stood out to me is maybe because we're seeing it up close every day against the Denver defense, that maybe we have a little bit of skepticism in a sense there. But I will say yesterday, the Broncos defense was absolutely dominating the offense in the first two periods of practice, including red zone, where they held them out of the end zone the entire period. Then they responded in the two-minute drill with the touchdown. Uh, you know, a couple of touchdowns. Brandon Johnson had a beautiful catch down the left sideline. Kendall Hinton, I believe, had a touchdown reception in the end zone. They can bounce back really quickly. You know, it's, it's really hard, but let's take a look at the Los Angeles Rams as another team, for example. They're a team that simply does not play their starters at all in the preseason. And usually they have the best health towards the end of the regular season. So it's a 17-game season. You have, you have enough time to catch your stride. If it doesn't happen week one or week two, you need to at least get there by week three or week four because those matchups will be a little bit tougher, ideally, on paper. Yesterday on your show, you played a soundbite from Dan Orlovsky saying that he believes the Broncos are going to win the division. His reasoning was uh, Russell Wilson has the best tools in front of him, specifically the skill position players, and the Broncos also have a running game that could grind clock with about four minutes to go in the game. He said that combination is the best in the division. We did the same segment in the previous segment at the top of the hour at 8 o'clock. What are your thoughts about what Orlovsky said? You know, I think there's a lot of merit to what Orlovsky said initially, too, because when you look at the talent inside the AFC West, you know, nobody's disputing how good the quarterbacks are. But I think when you look at the run game, Austin Eckler is going to be an overall producer as a rusher and also out of the backfield. But when you need to grind time off the clock, let's say Denver's playing with a lead, which they have not been used to in the last several years, you can run the ball with Javante Williams and grind the clock away. He's built for that. I don't think any other backs in the AFC West necessarily have that right now, which I think gives the advantage to Denver. Do you think the zone blocking right now is good enough to make that happen? And if not, how long do you think it'll take for those guys to get in sync? Uh, well, you know, it's really hard to say because they, they've been going against their own guys. The, you know, the defense understands where the runs are coming. They know the play call. So it's kind of, there's a little bit of a cheat code there essentially for the defense. And it's making the, you know, the defense look worldly. It's making the offense look like, hey, is there concerns here? Um, I think it's there. I, you know, I think that what we saw in the preseason, uh, especially with the run game, 22 rushing attempts, only 39 yards. I think the concern that people have is, oh, is this going to, is this what the run game is going to look like with the starters? I don't think that's the case. I, I think that what you had on the offensive line last week, you had a bunch of guys playing at positions you never played. You had Quinn Bailey playing at left guard, which I've never seen him once in training camp playing at left guard. Um, I think that's really a big reason why the run game has not been able to get going in the preseason. I'm eager to see what tomorrow looks like for them, but I do think that the offense with Melvin and Javante together, I think that they're going to have a lot of success running the football. I think we'll see it immediately. You know, yesterday, Eric and I were having a conversation about who the most underrated guys are on either side of the line of scrimmage. It got me to thinking a little bit more after the fact. And I'll give you one right now that I think is an underrated guy because so many of the of his teammates are talking about him right now. Russell Wilson? Lloyd Cushenberry. Oh, yeah. Lloyd, Lloyd. Cushenberry <laughs> is getting a monstrous amount of run from his guys here. 
do we think that he is set, Cody, to make the biggest jump in this his third season? Because this appears to be an offensive system that works well for his skill set. Yeah, no, I agree with you. I, I think Lloyd Cushenberry is actually in a really good position. And, you know, throughout training camp, I've actually I've been keeping my eye on Cushenberry because he was one of those players coming into the season that I was kind of kind of marked as a question mark. You know, how is he going to do with the new blocking scheme? How is he going to do with the new offensive coordinator? How is he going to do with Russell Wilson? I think so much of who you have as your quarterback also impacts you at center. So for Lloyd Cushenberry, you know, back when he played on the historic offense at LSU, we had Joe Burrow, who could check out of things, who was very cerebral. And then you go to having Drew Locke and Teddy Bridgewater, that simply just, those were two guys that didn't have it at the line of scrimmage to adjust and audible or communicate. You didn't have that connection. It seems like Cushenberry's built a very strong connection with Russell Wilson. Russ has taken, I think, a significant interest in helping Cushenberry as well with some of the terminology. He's a smart guy. He's been dominating in the meeting rooms, but he's also translated that into the physical carryover into training camp practice. Now, I'm excited to see him come back. I know he's been missing the last couple of days with a knee injury that's not serious, according to Nathaniel Hackett. I do think that he takes the biggest jump out of most of the players that you know probably aren't being talked about enough this upcoming season. Cody, thanks for your time. We look forward to listening to you today, afternoon drive with uh, Rourke and Piro, or is it is it Cody and Anilo? Is it Anilo and Cody? Who who gets the top billing on the marquee? You know, I think it's I think it's Anilo. Anilo does a really good job driving the show, and, and right. luckily he just has me on for my uh, for my uh, my talking points and just yeah. my analysis on things. So you know what? It's Piro and Rourke. Well, usually the guy who gets top billing is better than the other one. That's why it's good minute hurdle. Looking forward <laughs> to the show later uh, this afternoon, pal. <laughs> Thank you so much, gentlemen. See you, Cody. You. Coming up after the break, how big of a loss is Nazem Kadri? That's next. Morning Drive with Goodman and Hurdle, presented by Silterhar Mazda. A no-pressure buying experience in Broomfield at Silterhar Mazda. Find them at sthmazda.com. Live from the Sasquatch Casino and Wildcard Casino Sports Desk, here's Eric and Bruce. Welcome back. Morning Drive, Goodman Hurdle. Watch us, MileHighSports.com. You can reach us, Rocky Mountain Forest Products Twitter feed, at Bruce Hurdle, at Eric Goodman. If you're looking for wholesale lumber to the public, go to rmfp.com. Time now for What's Trending. What's Trending? Presented by Silterhar Mazda. Get to Silterhar in Broomfield for a no-pressure buying experience at Silterhar Mazda. Or find them at sthmazda.com. Nazem Kadri, seven-year, $49 million deal with the Calgary Flames. Uh, any problems with Sackick saying, eh, I'm not doing that? No, I mean, he's, 30, he's going to be 32 years old in a matter of months. Right. A seven-year deal, you can't compete with that if you're the Colorado Avalanche. I'll give you another area where you can't compete. And I joined your show, Colorado Sports Night, uh, last night at 11 o'clock on Channel 2, and we talked about this topic. And I'm not trying to sound mean. I'm not trying to sound insensitive. Nazem Kadri did a lot of terrific things for this organization, specifically in the playoffs, everything that he battled through, uh, racial death threats to a broken thumb. He played very well. But at the end of the day, if we're being completely honest here, he's no better than the sixth sixth best player on this team. 
He is behind Rantanen. He is behind Landeskog. He is behind McKinnon. He is behind McCarr. And some people might disagree, and that's fine. He's behind Taves. So when you look at a salary structure, you can't have your sixth best player making $7 million a year, specifically with a seven-year contract because of his age. And the other thing is, he's a physical player, right? Uh You think he's going to be that physical when he's 37 or 38? He might be, but that's where his game is. Yeah. And look, Nazem Kadri, I loved his game. And he was absolutely fantastic uh, on uh, power plays. But my, my goodness, he had an incredible uh, 26, 28 points, something yeah. like wait, that wait, in wait, power play. Hold on, wait. Who did he play with again on that power I, I, play? Exactly. That's wait, wait. my point. Let, let's rattle that off. Yeah. McCarr, McKinnon, right. Landis, Gog, and Randon. Yeah. Of course you're going to put well, up of points. Of course you are. Because everybody's worried about the other four guys. Right. I'm sorry, not you. It's not to say that he's not talented. Right. He, he had is. an unbelievable season, but it was a one-off season. Right. That's but, not. That's nothing against him. I'm, t- I'm saying this guy has been a fantastic player, solid player, his timing couldn't have been any more impeccable to have the type of year that he had last year and to turn it into seven years for $49 million. Tip my hat to him. Thank you very much for everything that you've done for the franchise. Your name is on that Stanley Cup, and you will be remembered in Denver, Colorado, and in the hearts of Avalanche fans for now through eternity. But off you go. He's going to put up huge numbers. Yes. No, no. For Calgary on yes. the power play because he's playing with Goudreau and Kachuk. Yeah. Oh, wait a minute. They weren't there. Wait now. A, wait, wait a minute. They're not with the team anymore. But that's, that's right. still a pretty that, good team. That, that's right. Calgary lost its top two goal scorers and points guys. That's right. So let's see how the numbers look now. Now that he is expected because of his contract to put up not 100 points, but to consistently put up well, to 80 80s, to 90. Yeah, I mean. Now that's expected. Sure. And he's not going to be able to cherry pick and take the low-hanging fruit well, on the power play. I mean, they have a couple of other nice forwards. And Lindholm is one of them. But he's not going to be putting up those points. He's just not. He's not a number one center. Sorry. He's a terrific player, but he's not a number one center. He's but he's a not. really nice piece. That can make Calgary for seven years. No, seven million. I would have no. paid him seven million over five years. Well, yeah, if you're the Avalanche, sure. But no, I, I don't want to make it sound as if it's you know don't let the door hit you on the way out. The guy did a lot of really good things. I was reading. I was reading a, a Calgary Flames blog yesterday, and yes, I read Flames blogs all the time. Um. And somebody brought up a really good point because they know their team far better than I do. Mm-hmm. With the loss of Goudreau and the loss of Kachuk, the person suggested that the Calgary Flames, as they construct their roster for this upcoming season, need to do it like Billy Bean did with Moneyball. Mm. They have to find certain metrics to make this team work because they don't have the same offensive talent. They have a terrific goaltender. Yes. They have a, you're always going to have a pretty s- good defense. Well, of course... You know, when you play the Edmonton Oilers and it's, uh, you know, boat racing on both sides, sure. it doesn't look that good. But you're always going to have a pretty good defense with Daryl Sutter. You're always good because that's the type of coach that he is. However, offensively, they have lost so much pop in their offense. They have, they're going to be a similar team by most accounts 
they're going to be a similar team to the one that they were a year ago, but they still have nowhere near the type of power, firepower to match a team like the Avs. Well, then they're no, well, they're nowhere near what they were last year. I'm sorry, because they just lost two guys who had over a hundred points. Mm-hmm. How do you replace that? Is Nazem Kadri going to replace that? No, no he's not. Not a hundred. Not a hundred, but what is he coming off? An 87-point season? Now, that's a one-off season. And you say that he's not a number one center. He may be a number one center now. Well, and some teams, he would need to be a number one center. What do we have coming up on Argonaut Wine and Liquor, just in case you missed it? We had a great discussion about college football and rivalries in the last hour. Uh, Scott Frost... Had some interesting comments on his uh, monthly appearance on the Huskers radio network. We'll talk about what he said and if he maybe should have kept quiet on this one. That's up next right here on on Morning Drive with Goodman and Hurdle on Mile High Sports. Morning Drive with Goodman and Hurdle, presented by Silterhar Mazda. A no-pressure buying experience in Broomfield at Silterhar Mazda. Find them at sthmazda.com. Live from the Sasquatch Casino and Wildcard Casino Sports Desk, here's Eric and Bruce. Welcome back. Morning Drive, Goodman Hurdle. Watch us, mileisports.com. You can reach us on the Rocky Mountain Forest Products Twitter feed, at Bruce Hurdle, at Eric Goodman. If you're looking for wholesale lumber to the public, Go to rmfp.com. I want to tell you about Argonaut Wine and Liquor. I have shopped there for years. I shopped there yesterday. Got a big bottle of Tito's. Got a great price on it. Uh, they're off of Colfax. And listen, when Westward says you're the best liquor store in Denver, five years running, clearly you are doing something right. Argonaut Wine and Liquor, a family-owned business with that. Want to bring in a member of that family, my friend Josh Robinson, the marketing director. How are you, Josh? Hey, Eric. Doing good. How about you? Good. Uh, first of all, great seeing you yesterday. Yes, we got to get a tea time on the calendar for sure. Uh, let's talk about your specials this weekend, as at least for Bruce and I, our weekend starts in about 10 minutes. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Uh, we're ready for the weekend, too. We've got some awesome specials on high noon. Uh, they've put up some you know, instant rebate coupons, you scan them, basically get Venmoed right uh, to your account. Um, so those are uh, 12 packs are twenty one ninety nine with that coupon, uh, eight packs are seven or fifteen ninety nine uh, with the coupon. So that's a great deal. We've got some great specials on Patron, Highland Park, um, fr- plus a bunch of our uh, proprietary labels. So a bunch of great things for your weekend, no matter what you're getting into. You guys are more than just a liquor store. You do special events all the time to, to really broaden the horizons of all of your customers. What kind of stuff do you have coming up? Absolutely. We're working on um, a couple things. We just had a dinner over at Elway's uh, where we released an Angel's Envy single barrel, one of the first ones to come to Colorado. So we're working on a couple other things like that. Uh, and I'll have more details on those soon, but um yeah, we love getting out, engaging with customers, you know, sharing our knowledge and, you know, showing you guys what we can do. I love the fact that you're a family-owned business and you really do treat your customers like family because you educate them on what they want to buy. You have specialists for beer, for wine, 
for spirits. Tell us about your specialists and how they can get our listeners and our viewers what they want to either pair or just sip. Yeah, absolutely. We we have several sommeliers on staff. Uh, I myself am a sommelier. Uh, we have probably five or six in the store almost at all times. Uh, also, you know, our barrel picking team uh, recently won double gold at the uh, wine and spirits competition in San Francisco. So, you know, we've, we've got the pedigree. We really know our product. We take a lot of pride in, uh, you know, what we put on the shelves and educating our customers about it. So, you know, sharing our knowledge is one of our favorite things to do. By the way, next time you have a uh, an event at Elway's, let me know. Like Vic Fangio, I enjoy a good hamburger. Yeah. Oh, definitely. Well, the hamburger was great, but uh, Chef Marco over there really showed out. I mean, the, the main dish for this uh, this one was uh, fried lobster tail with oh. some, like, Caribbean spiced lamb. It was wow. delicious. Good. Wow. All right. How do people find you, Josh? Um, so our website, www.argonautliquor.com. You can give us a call at 303-831-7788, or we're on Colfax, 760 East Colfax on Colfax between uh, – Washington and Clarkson. All right, Josh, thanks so much. Let's get a tea time on the calendar soon. I know you're busy, but you're never too busy to play around a golf with me. Okay? That's for sure. All right. See you, pal. Have a great weekend. See you guys. Thank you. All right, late. Time now for the final word. The final word. Presented by Greenfield's Pool and Sports Bar in Lakewood. Greenfield's has everything under one roof, including the best happy hour in town. Two-for-one wine, well, and drafts from 3 until 7 p.m. Just in case you missed it, is presented by Argonaut Wine and Liquor. You need to see why Westward named it the best liquor store in Denver. Five years running. Or order online at ArgonautLiquor.com. Just in case you missed it, after that uh, great college football conversation about rivalries in the first hour, I was uh, getting more excited for college football and training camp. They're in the heat of it. And your top rival, Nebraska. Exactly. Not Colorado State. Exactly. Um, I don't think we play either this year, unfortunately. Well, you, so <laughs> You'll play Nebraska sooner than you play Colorado State. No, I think we're supposed to play Colorado State next year. Oh, is that right? Okay. Yep, yep. A uh, great rivalry game. Can't wait to take it in. They're actually going to be playing K-State probably before they're playing Nebraska again. Well, K-State likes to schedule a lot of cupcakes before <laughs> uh, conference season. Just ask Bill Snyder. Well, okay. Anyway, on the topic of Nebraska, head coach Scott Frost said on his monthly radio show on a Huskers radio network, he did announce a starting quarterback, said Casey Thompson, but what I'm focused on is something he said about the O-line. He said... He estimates 15 to 20 vomits every practice from the O-line. He said, quote, it's not because they're not in shape. He's just working them hard, speaking about O-line coach Donovan Rayola. And then he went on to say, I think they love it. Um, Everybody loves the taste of their own vomit. Is the vomit stat something Frost should have kept to himself here? Yeah. Uh, You know what he needs to keep to himself? His record over four years at Nebraska. Guys won 10 conference games in four years. 10. That's it. He's 15 and 29 in four years. My question, very simply, how does he have a job? I agree. He's never had a winning season. He's nope. coming off his worst season at 3-9. and nine. I, I reserve this word for only special people because my grandmother used it very, very sparingly for only special people. 
Scott Frost is a schmuck. And I'll tell you why. Because this is what he said. This is what he said going into the spring game. Okay. Okay. He said he'd prefer the traditional full two-team format of Reds versus Whites, but that might not be doable because of all of the injuries. Well, that's an issue. Now you got guys vomiting. So when you get guys throwing up, chances are you're working them too hard and just the opposite of a Sean McVay who knows what he's doing and a Matt LaFleur who knows what he's doing and a Nathaniel Hackett who certainly appears to know what he's doing. Scott Frost, you are chiseled out of the same stone as Tom Osborne and your ways are not working because your record shows it. Just in case you missed it. Make you feel good as a CU fan that I said that? Sure. it's accurate. Yeah, I mean, you can't argue with the facts. Right. And you love the word schmuck. I do. I'm a big fan of it. I probably use it too much, but that's all right. By the way, the word schmuck really describes a male body part, which I won't get into, but that's what a schmuck really is. Well, you learn something new every day. Absolutely. Same same with putts. It's the same thing. They're interchangeable. Oh, wow. Both are Yiddish. They both mean the same thing, and it's a male body part. And I'm not talking about hair on your back. Well, okay. Uh, <laughs> well, we're whittling down the possibilities, aren't we? Aren't yeah. we? Yes. Mm-hmm. If, uh, if you were the Cleveland Browns' front office, would you be considering a trade even more now or less for Jimmy Garoppolo or maybe another quarterback to fill the void while Deshaun Watson serves his 11-game suspension? Boy, I don't know. Jacoby Brissett or Bust? Really? Is that what we're thinking now for 11 games? Uh, I don't know. I, 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 it all depends on what is realistic for what the kind of currency that they have to make a deal with Garoppolo. I would prefer Garoppolo over Jacoby Brissett. If you think the Browns have playoff medal without Deshaun Watson. I could probably, frankly, do without Deshaun Watson anyway, but I get the fact that the Denver Broncos, or the, the Cleveland Browns, rather, are going to move full speed ahead. Damn the torpedoes. I understand that Dolphins owner Stephen Ross and Commander's owner Daniel Snyder are in the crosshairs of Roger Goodell, but the guy who should be at the top of the list is Browns owner Jimmy Haslam. After he said at yesterday's press conference, I think it's important to remember that Deshaun is 26 years old and is a high-level NFL quarterback. Remember that? I think we all know that. Who cares? Who cares? That's what the owner of the team said at a press conference standing next to Deshaun Watson after the NFL has said enough is enough. We need to change your ways about guys that do things that Deshaun Watson did, and this owner comes out and says, well, but he can play football. Is that very hard to figure out from a guy that gave a guy under that cloud and under that investigation a $230 million guaranteed contract? That's who the Cleveland Browns are, or at least it's who Jimmy Haslam is. That was Argonaut Wine and Liquor. Just in case you missed it, great specials. One of them, all 750 milliliter French wines, 15% off. Don't forget Argonaut delivers. All deliveries, over 100 bucks are free. Check them out off of Colfax or go to Argonaut Liquor. Dot com. Zach, fantastic job all week. Really great job all week. Your first week working on the morning show. Danny, you and I have done so many shows together. 
and you are much better in the afternoon. Really enjoy the show with you all week. Bruce, can't wait till Monday. I'll try and do better on Monday. With that, make it the best possible weekend you can.